Okay. Good morning. How y'all doing? Yeah, had a good week. It's not not blazingly hot, so it's like beautiful weather. There's no smoke. We don't have um, Oregon's problem of millions of people coming in and um, pretty much eating all of their resources. Um, we have. Oh yes, yes. We we yeah. Oh, that's gonna be fun. We have some friends that live in Central Oregon that have been sending us pictures of various strange vehicles that have come into Central Oregon and painted up for the for one day for for what is it going to be like five minutes, two minutes, two minutes where they're at. I think the longest anywhere is like five minutes though. I think I heard, but I don't think it's Oregon. I think it's someplace else. But they want to get it. They want to be first. So there there was estimated to be two million before, but I think it's gone up. Because like Friday, 800,000 people came into Oregon. And I'm thinking that's, that's like a third of the population yeah. of Oregon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they all jump at once, don't tell them to jump. That would be bad. <laughs> see, somebody, see one of these farms out there that I think it was like 10 acres that had 50,000 people um, tent camping on it. Yeah. Yeah, just... It's, it's going to be like a really, really big, bad version of, um, what was that? What was that? What was that concert a long time ago? Woodstock, yeah. Woodstock on a very large scale, <laughs> but looking up at the sky. So there are going to be a lot of blind people in Oregon, because so, <laughs> they've run out of those glasses. And uh, anyway, I just got way off track here, but <laughs> this morning we are going to be going on in our series in, uh, on the Forgotten God. And, um, yeah, no kidding, no kidding. And, and that, that comforter that we sung about this morning, the, uh, that comforter that was sent for us, I, I'm loving this series, and I'm getting a lot of this background stuff that I'm spending time in and, and drenching in. Um, I love that word for the Holy Spirit, drench. I, I think about when, when they anointed kings in, in the Old Testament, how they would pour a whole vat of oil over their head and it would go down and it would drench their beard and drench what they were wearing. And that's that image of the Holy Spirit, drenching us. It's like if God could take us and just dip us in a vat of the Holy Spirit. But it's better than that, isn't it? He fills us. He covers us. It's not like, it's not like the, the old mythology of um, uh, Hercules. Were they, oh no, Achilles, Achilles, where they picked him up and dipped him in this thing and he was impervious except for right where whoever held him by his ankle. We are impervious in such a different way. Our, um, our title this morning is Living Fearlessly, and this is, this is kind of a, a hot button for me because I think that um, our lives will be so much more impactful to ourselves and to others when we get to a place of living fearlessly in what the Lord has called us to. Fearlessly because of the Holy Spirit indwelling in us, drenching us, drenching our spirits. So this is a bit of a, I might be a little excited right now, but it's a bit of a hot button for me because I feel like when it comes to um, our big idea this morning, that thing that you can, you can pay attention to this and, and, and if you need a nap, I've said that before, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to qualify that because I've told a few people in here this, if somebody falls asleep in church, yeah, wake them up gently or whatever, but, but if you fall asleep in church, I take it as a compliment 
Because the safe place in your life is church where you feel like all of the weight has just stripped off of you in your life and you fall asleep because that weight of stress is gone. That's a compliment to the church, isn't it? But no snoring. No snoring, please. (laughs) Uh, We're not picking on anybody now. Come on. But our big idea this morning is our fear is the biggest obstacle to the Holy Spirit. Our own fears are the biggest obstacle. Well, let's pray for God's revelation this morning as we get into the Word. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the Word this morning. Um, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that, that empowers us, that covers us, and dwells in us. God, help us to remove any obstacles from that work in our life, uh, that we might be your hands and feet in this world. I pray that you unpack this word through today and into the next week and coming years. We just praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, We're going to be reading out of Acts a bit. And just starting in the first part of Acts, um, uh, chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, says, "So, So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you um, to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, this is a a great blueprint for fearless living, right? The the blueprint is, is just to go to go, right? No, I'm not telling you to go. Please, don't, don't leave yet. We've still got a few more here. But, but there's that sense of, of going. Now, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, we start thinking, okay, do we have to go to Jerusalem first, and then we can go to the ends of the earth? No. It's a great example. It's a blueprint, as it were, of where we go. Jerusalem was where they were, right? That's your hometown. That's your town you're in. That's Wenatchee for us. That may be your neighborhood, really, because you got to think, Jerusalem was not, I mean, this may be a metropolis compared to what Jerusalem was like back then. Granted, they probably had a lot of people shoved into a small space, but not like Oregon. Um, but there's, there's a sense that um, Jesus was laying out our purpose and laying out um, where we would go with the Holy Spirit. It would start in these concentric circles going outward. Um, there's a sense of going to those people you know and love and care about, going to those that you may not love and care about, but you know that God loves and cares about, and then going out to people a little further and a little further and a little further. But we got to get out here first, right? Get out to those people in that community, in our community. Get out to Samaria, you know, the ones that the the Jew, Jewish leaders would go around Samaria to get Jerusalem. I mean, that was like, not even just like seeing somebody coming and you cross to the other side of the road because they, they kind of scare you. They would go completely, it would be like, I'm going to go from Malaga to Kashmir, but I'm going to go by way, all the way around and take, um, take Blewett Pass. That, that's what they would do. They would go around. And, and I think sometimes we get stuck in Jerusalem because we We can't get to that place where we go and talk to those that may scare us or overwhelm us. It's part of the human nature 
that we want to know what the future holds, right? And this is where fears come in. We don't like surprises. If I go there, I might be surprised. And, and it could be a good surprise or a bad surprise. Most of the time we lean on the bad surprises, but most of the time with the Spirit, it's a good surprise. But we don't want to take a chance for it to be a bad surprise. It's like movie spoilers. You see that on Facebook all the time. People go and see a movie, and then they go and they, this is how it ended. <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh, well, I'm going to, every time I want to throw out social media, Facebook, all of that, is usually because somebody has, has done something like that or gone super major political and starts, you know, using it as their personal ranting spot and, and you know, the world is coming apart and, and all of this and, you know, our, our country's coming apart and, and, and yet if you, if you go and you talk to your neighbors and put the phone down, shut off the computer and go talk to them, you find that we're not as bad off as social media or the media or that place in D.C. Um, says that we are. Because we are people. And I'm getting off notes again. Um, but movie, movie spoilers is where I was at. I love movies, and, I, and I, I don't actually do as many references to movies as I, I usually would do. Um, I find that I've been learning to cap how much I talk about movies, but you'll find that they'll sneak in every so often. I love all kinds of movies. Um, I, I love a lot of old movies. Uh, Kelly and I have some favorites. Quiet Man. Anybody like The Quiet Man? Anybody? It's one of the best John Wayne movies ever. And it's not, a, it's not a Western. He still sounds the same, though. Well, all right. I'm going to Ireland. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> you got all these movies with Star Wars, you know, like these, these sci-fi movies. These are the ones that people really like to say. Oh, it's, you know, um, way back when. You guys remember when Darth Vader was revealed to be Luke Skywalker's father? If the Internet was around... Everybody would have known about it before the movie came out because <laughs> it would have leaked. And I think part of it is because, uh, have you ever known somebody that, that, that loves to read and they love to read like, like mysteries or something like that, but they read the last chapter before they even read the book? Don't like surprises. <laughs> you pointing at somebody there, Kyle? <laughs> it's a... It's human nature. We don't like surprises. And fear can be debilitating, can it? We have so many things to fear in this life, and yet we have a God that wants to give us keys to the kingdom. He's already given us the ending. So as we read this book, our, our life, we already know how it ends. And so... I want to encourage you that, that our own fears, the things that, I mean, there's a lot of fears. I'm going to touch on just three this morning, but there's, there are a lot of fears that can come in the way of what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life. And this is, this is where we get to that place of fearless living. If we can get away from these fears, or at least stand apart from those fears, and say, God, I know I have these. Fill up my faith so I don't have them. So they don't affect my relationship with you and with the Holy Spirit. But these three fears are this. The, the first fear is the fear of embarrassment will cause us to hide. 
Now, this is in all aspects of our life. Uh, I mean, how many, how many of you in here, sometime in your lifetime, most likely when you were younger, um, when all of us were a lot younger, um, had a dream about going to high school and you suddenly realize you're completely naked and you're sitting in your third period class? Anybody? Anybody had one of those? Come on. The rest of you are lying. <laughs> huh? A business meeting, yes. Um, now, now, I'm thinking about time period-wise, there might be a few of you that that was almost part of a lifestyle too, right? Uh, sorry. <laughs> 60s, 70s, I'm just saying. <laughs> you may remember it or not. Um, <laughs> But there's that sense, and I'm not saying everybody has this dream, but there's a sense that we're afraid of being embarrassed. How many are afraid of getting up and talking in front of people? I was too. Yeah. How many of you are, are afraid of sharing yourself? Sharing what has happened in your life? Anybody? Yeah? A lot of times introverts, this is like number one fear, Right? Extroverts, it's a number one fear, but we just, we just have, happen to push past that because we're too hyper. Um, we can't contain ourselves. Um, but that embarrassment causes us to hide. Now, when we hide from the world, yeah, that's one thing. But we hide from God. What did Adam and Eve do? When they knew what they knew that they weren't supposed to know because they weren't supposed to eat that fruit... They hid because they were embarrassed. They covered themselves because they were embarrassed. And the gifts of the Spirit seem to be weird to most people until you experience the working of the Spirit for yourself. People speaking in tongues is weird. Can we admit that? It's just weirdness. And it's freakish at best until you experience the prophetic in your life. When somebody speaks a word into your life, or somebody speaks in tongues in a service, and it is interpreted, and that, that prophetic word is empowering to the church, it is freakish before you get to that place, is it not? If you get to a place where you are speaking in tongues, in your prayer closet, where you're at a place, you're at a place where you've finished praying. You, you have no more words to pray, but your spirit is still crying out. Have you been there? Have you been there? This is what combats that fear, the fear of being embarrassed. We've got to get to that place where, God, we're, we're open to what you have for us because, you know, you think about even the first when these first um, believers were waiting in that room and this, this rush of a wind came through, these, these tongues of fire landed on their heads. I mean, I, me, I'd be like freaking out. I'd think everybody's hair's on fire. I'm trying to put them out. And, uh, okay, maybe not. But, but people heard them. And some people heard their own language from different areas. They were hearing from, I mean, they were from all over the Mediterranean with different tongues, and they were hearing their own language. But then there were others. This is where the fear of embarrassment comes in. Acts 2.13. Acts 2.13 says, But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They're drunk, that's all. And that's what we're afraid of. 
We're afraid of being those that are, you know, we don't, we don't want to explore the things of the Spirit because we're afraid that somebody's going to say we're drunk. <laughs> we're afraid that somebody's going to think that we're, we're crazy. But yet, these things of the Spirit impacted the world in a very short order. Peter brings out the prophetic right after this. When, when um, he, he's pointing to Joel, he points to the Old Testament and goes, hey, wait, 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 they're not drunk. He says, no, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon peop- all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy, and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Can you imagine? You know, I, 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 I've, been, I've been told I get a little in your face with, with preaching and stuff, but can you imagine Peter? Peter, who, who saw his, his friend, his leader, his Lord, the one he thought was going to just eradicate the Romans. He saw him, maybe from a distance, he saw him go to the cross. He knew he was dead, but he saw him raised to life. He saw him <clears throat> after death. And when this Jesus told him to go and wait, and he went and waited, not knowing what he was waiting for. And it suddenly comes. You imagine how he must have preached? I mean, this, is, this was the start of the church. This exploded out into the whole Mediterranean because the known world at that time, there were believers that left Jerusalem and went back. And this is where Paul went and was kind of knitting all of that together because there were people that were believers and they were trying to do what they thought was right and trying to, to get the church going and he was going and helping them down the road. And that, that took a lot of trust in what the Spirit was doing. And I think that we can change the world when we get past our fears. So fear of embarrassment. The second one is our fear of God failing us will cause us to ask for less. This is the the, the most backwards fear in the church? I tell you what, we are afraid that God's going to fail us. So instead of, instead of asking and continuing to ask and continuing to press in with prayer, we, we just don't ask for more because we don't want our God to look bad. We feel like we can protect God. We don't want God to be embarrassed, right? So we ask for less. But you know what? Even if God's answer is absolutely, positively no, what are we to do? Ask. Keep asking. And ask for more. Because we've seen examples in Scripture where, where people have prayed and, and it said in the Word that it, it changed God's heart. It kind of changed his mind, Right? I mean, God wasn't surprised. I, I'm sure he's, he, he, he knows what we're going to do. He knows those people that are going to keep praying. But I, I think it, it is good to see in the Word 
So it builds up our faith that we keep asking. It's God's, it's God's will what happens, ultimately. We see this with Jesus. I pray that this cup would pass for me, but, but, but not my will, Lord. It's your will. But he still asked. This is where our faith is built up. I can't go talk to those people down the road because, because like they, they borrowed my shovel and they never give it back and they just make me angry. God, build up my faith. Help me to forgive them for taking my shovel. Actually, let, God, help me to just give it to them. And in fact, open up my garage and say, you need anything else? It takes faith, right? I mean, this is maybe not a good example, but it, it, <laughs> praying and believing that God can work the miraculous in our lives is the most risky thing that we can do in this life. Well, second to the next point, but, but there's, <laughs> it's very risky. Jesus will move on our behalf if our motivations are set upon the Lord. And then our faith is purported to move mountains, yet what happens when our faith or trust is lacking? Or possibly, what if we want to protect our God from being put to shame? You know, um, if he just doesn't, um, doesn't come through. Our friends that we, we have um, talked into coming to church, they might, they might not believe. They, they, may not, they might, not, might not see the God that I've seen in the past, so maybe I won't, I won't, um, I won't ask for that for today. I'll wait until they're not here, because they're, they're probably not going to come the next time. So then I can ask about that. The thing, that, uh, the thing is that we are to pray believing that he will come through no matter the outcome. We pray for family that are sick, that are dying from cancer. I'll tell you, there, there's one thing that, there's a prayer that I've heard in hospital rooms that it kind of breaks my heart for those people praying because there's a point where they say, um, you know, God, if it's your will that they be healed. And it's like this gentle, like, um, smattering of just riding the fence. You know, if, if you would heal them, maybe just a little bit, or in little increments, or if it's your will to take them home. Okay, confidence in our prayer. Because sometimes we need to say, God, if it's your will, let it be done. And leave it at that. If it's not his will, he's going to take them home. We don't have to pray that. Now, I'm not, I'm not dissing on those prayers because those prayers are important and they're, they're heartfelt and it's coming from family to family. But I tell you what, if we can get to that place where we can lay those fears aside and we can say, God, I'm praying for this, believing that you can do this. And God, even if you don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock your door down praying for this. Is that faith? Is that a faithful prayer? Is it an intense prayer? Yeah. We don't have to be like in your face with God, but sometimes I, I've had those shaking fist prayers with God. Have you had shaking fist prayers with God? 
Like, God, I can't believe you're doing this. Is there anything wrong with that? No, because that's relationship. Have you had times of intense fellowship with your spouse? (laughs) Not that kind of fellowship. Come on. (laughs) Mine's going there. But intense fellowship with friends where you where you get really intense people call it fights i don't want to call it that it's intense fellowship because it's part of our fellowship with our our, our spouses if you've got that uh, that um I'm going to pick on, a, this, this is just picking on everybody, but, but like you got that, that Irish or Italian or human um, nature in you. <laughs> human, pretty much human. But they blame it on like a, a, Italians and Irish, and they're a little more vocal maybe, um, the Spanish. Um, it's all of us really, right? Anywhere you go, people get really vocal, and, and sometimes you're, you might be glad that you, you might live out and away from people. <laughs> Or that you've drove out of town for a little while to intensely fellowship. But, but the thing is, is that is fellowship with our God. There's times where we have to take things to God, crying our eyes out, shaking our fists, God. Because if we don't, then we go, I don't know if I'm going to ask for that. We miss out. We miss out on part of that relationship. Um, because if we ask, there, there, there's some really important promises that we, we hear in the Word. Luke 11, 11 through 13 says this, You fathers, if your children ask for a fish and you do not, and do you give them a snake instead? If, you, if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if the sin, you sinful people know how, good gifts, uh, how to give good gifts to your children, how much more... Will your heavenly Father give the the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? If we ask the Holy Spirit to move in our lives, move in the lives of those around us, move in our community, bring people into our midst, shaking fists, laughing, crying, whatever, don't you think He's going to listen to our prayers? If you don't, you can pray another prayer. God, build up my faith so that I can. We don't have to build it up on our own. God wants the the best for us. And sometimes our prayers line up with with his will and sometimes not. And other times we can cry out in ways that can, can change that outcome. And we need to. We need to look at, at crying out for that outcome to change. Somebody we think is lost. Man, they just, they just never going to come to church. I, I, I couldn't see that. That should be the first person. You have somebody in your mind that is so far from God. Get some people together from the church and spend time praying for them. I just, I just heard a testimony of a guy that was, that was uh, a pastor that was praying. They, they took and they prayed for, um, uh, he was a youth pastor, and he, he said, let's pray for the, the top 10 kids that we'll, you, we think will never darken the door of our youth group. Never darken the door. And they, they would pray for him. And he took it as a personal thing to grab a couple guys together, and they prayed for the number one person. And this was like in, in the 90s, praying for this number one kid. And within that year, he came to the church. He came to the Lord 
baptized. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he, um, this pastor ended up becoming the senior pastor and then left. He prayed over some guy in, in, um, that had been raised up and became the senior pastor there. He moved on to some other ministries. He was called about, um, about 10 years ago to go and lay hands on and pray for the, the new pastor that had come in. Um, and it happened to be that kid. Power of prayer. Diligent prayer. Fearless living type of prayer can move mountains in people's lives. Our third one is fear that God could ask for more will cause us to retreat. This is probably the the riskiest one, the biggest one, because um, he could ask us to do something more. He could ask us to go around the world. We may be a homebody and we don't want to travel, but he may call us to that. Matthew 16, 24 and 25 says, Then Jesus said to the disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your, uh, your cross and follow me. If you're, you try to, um, to hang on to your life, you will lose it. If you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Asking for less is bad enough. But if we... If we back away from the things of the Spirit because we are fearful of what God could ask us to do, this is the pinnacle of our fears. Fearless living means stepping into the things of the Spirit, fully confident that God will ask for more. That's hard, right? You might say that, um, but, but he, 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 he may ask me to lead a Bible study. Or a small group. He may ask uh, me to go somewhere or do something that's uncomfortable. He may change everything that I've been comfortable with, like my community. He may change my church. He may change the decor. He may even change my worship. Could I just remind you of something? Worship, it's not for you. It's not for the people out there. It's for God. So if God wants to change it, I'm not seeing like Jeremy wanting to change it. I'm not seeing our lovely people over here, David and Denise. These guys have made some changes that you guys have rolled with so wonderfully, haven't you? They brought some songs in themselves. They have loved you with, with the way that they're worshiping and, and lifting up our God. And I, I, I'm only saying this, that, that sometimes there are things that when we get uncomfortable, we want to change things back to where it was comfortable. You know, one of the, one of the biggest things that I've seen in churches that, that people don't know about is one of the biggest battlefields. The thermostat. <laughs> Am I right? There was one Sunday, I, I swear, I saw about 10 people go up to that thermostat. I was up here just melting. And let me, let me just, uh, let me qualify something because um, I would probably lean more towards the cold. 
there's a lot of people in the room who would lean more towards the hot. Here's the thing. There's two different ways we can go. You put a sweater on, or I take something off. <laughs> oh, that, went, that went so south of where I wanted to go. <laughs> All right, so let's pray. So you wanted to see me beat red and, and embarrassed. That was a good one. Um, but there, there are things in the church where we come to battle in the church on, on the things that God doesn't want us to battle on. We come to battle on comforts. Boy, we hate these black chairs, don't we? <laughs> I think I would make a lot of friends if we had some, some of those thick, cushy chairs just brought in. You'd be like, God bless our pastor. <laughs> but, I, you know, <laughs> we would go to sleep then. I'd have to get a cushy stool because then we'd all just be going, ah. Okay, we're finishing the sermon at 3 o'clock. Okay. See, but this is the thing that I love about my church, is I can talk about these comfort things. And, and I, I, w- I was talking to a couple of guys. I, I've been talking with some young pastors that, that have gone into very similar situations. They invited us to go to a, a camp, which is funny as an adult, but going to a camp for young pastors in new situations pretty much like this. They're in various stages, anywhere from a few months all the way through to three to five years. And hearing some of the stories they're going through, I'm like, I'm afraid to talk because I'm like, <laughs> we, we got an awesome church. <laughs> I think the only thing that we've struggled with is the thermostat and, and how loud the guitar is. That's, and those are easy, right? <laughs> turn it down and turn that down, please. Um, put some sweaters on. Um, I, that's why I wore shorts the other day, because it was like, I'm, I'm just too hot. But uh, I don't want to add to your fears with this. I just want to exemplify them. I want to I bring them out, exhibit them, because everything that we bring to light, it becomes less of a fear, right? When we see that fear, and we see that fear in us, and we go, oh, this is how I've been responding. Oh. God, take that out of me. Our faith is built up. Is it not? I, I do want to guarantee you, though, if you start exploring fearless life, fearless living with, with the Spirit, if you explore um, the things of the Spirit, if you start asking for the Spirit in your life, if you have not experienced that baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, um, prophetic words, words of knowledge, words of of wisdom. If you've not experienced those things, but you start asking, you will. If you start asking for the Lord to move in the Spirit in your life, He will. If you start asking God to move and change you, I guarantee He will. John says that He must increase. We must decrease. And and I think that this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. He's not going to come in and invade our lives and take us over and make us zombies. That's not how the Spirit works. He empowers us. He empowers the things of God in us. And the ultimate 
example of us will come out. What God intended for us to be, that empowered person, will come out. The only fear that we should be focused on that is a good fear is this. A good fear is not to quench the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 22 says, Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Test what I'm saying. I may be your pastor, but I'm learning too. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Set our things aside. Um, Kelly and I and Zoe love our church. And I think we're starting to, I, I feel like um, there's been a lot of, for us, kind of that getting our feet under us, the, the wobbly moose, you know, you've seen like a moose that's just been born. There's been a lot of that, and you guys have been very gracious with a lot of my wobbly mooses, mooses, um, my wobbling. And I, I just want to thank you for that. But I'm, I, I am also going to speak truth, um, and I know that you've been gracious with the truth I've already shared. Um, but I ask you to, to still walk with me, still walk with us as a church as we walk through those, those truth landmines. <laughs> As it were, those we're, we're going to walk through and 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 that's not a good example. That's a really bad analogy, actually. <laughs> as we walk through a field of those truths, because as we walk through those truths, we're going to walk through together. And there's going to be some of you that are going to experience one truth and say, "Wow, this is really hard for me." And others are going to say, "You know what? I've made it through this. Let me tell you how." This is why we want to do small groups. Why we feel it's important is because you can do so much here. But you can do so much when you're talking with somebody over some sort of snack, something to get your mouth busy so you can listen. Something to, uh, you know, getting around a table or around couches, talking to somebody in their own home, it disarms you. But it gives you an opportunity to speak up and to speak out the things you're working on. Maybe you're, you're praying for deliverance from the thermostat or deliverance from Jeremy wearing shorts. Um, however you want to put it. But I, I just, that's my prayer as we're going forward. We've got, we got some vision things coming and all of that, but we just have the day-to-day -day vision that we're going through right now. And probably we'll go through every day. But uh, I just want to thank you for that. Um, won't you stand with me? We're going to pray to go out and um, bless you guys. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your word. Unpack it in our hearts.